Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. And if you're listening to the podcast because you missed us live, you can also send us your questions on Facebook and Twitter. At SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk. Well, Doug, today's Wednesday, halfway through the week. What's hump, hump, hump day, yeah. hump day, hump day. And it's, uh, you know, the... Um, the best part about Wednesday to me is I get to be with SWAT guys in the morning at 6.30 a.m. And then again at noon, we had good groups, some new guys there. And uh, really, uh, it was uh, really good. We're just talking through acts and uh, what, you know, what it means to be the church mm. and the impact, uh, things that really impact us. And we see it in the disciples' life. And so... Uh, and, uh, hey, I wanted to let people know we were trying to get Pastor Coates from um, Canada to be our guest tomorrow on SWAT Radio. Some of you may not know Pastor Coates has uh, been in jail. He was in jail. He's out of jail now. But he was in solitary confinement for 31 days. For 35, sim- right? 35. Yeah. For simply leading his church to meet, uh, even though he, they had met 29 Sundays previously, uh, without any COVID incidents, uh, and he was arrested, told to shut down. He refused to. They put him in solitary confinement like a mass murderer and um, and uh, told him he could get out if he would agree not to meet. He eventually uh, was legally let out. They, they let him out anyway, and uh, we were trying to get him. It didn't work. But that being said, we do have... Uh, Calvin Clark. Uh, Calvin Clark played football for the University of Purdue. He was part of the junk defense of the late 70s mm. there. And uh, he uh, was ranked as the top 20 tacklers in Purdue's history. Oh, wow. Uh, he was an all Big Ten guy. And uh, Calvin was uh, a fifth round draft pick of the uh, Buffalo Bills. Played with the Redskins, and uh, Calvin is uh, on staff at Denton Bible Church, and he is the pastor on Frontline Ministry. He served with uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and uh, he was just a, a really good guy to meet and connect with out there. And I asked Calvin, he, he's been sharing a message around town out there called The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Um. Now, Calvin, anybody that is, uh, I mean, he was, if you look at a picture of him in his uniform, he's massive, mm. right? I mean, mm-hmm. to be a top 20 tackler yeah. there in the history of the school, I mean, that's a that's a pretty big honor. And um, anyway, he was uh, the MVP of the Peach Bowl. Oh, wow. And uh, uh, Atlanta when they played there. And uh, so he, uh, he was a, a great football player. And yet he is a great minister now. 
and I invited him to come on because he shared a story out there that I, I'm not going to steal his thunder, but let's say in light of everything going on around the country, Calvin has been very familiar with uh, what people call racism or ethnic prejudice. He has been on the receiving end, not once, not twice, not three times, but many times, mm. as a lot of people have. But yet the way he responds to it is biblically, not with critical theory. And, uh, uh, Taylor, I was talking to you uh, about uh, one of the growing trends. In fact, our friends Daryl Harrison and uh, Virgil Walker of Just Thinking are writing a book right now. I don't know if you knew that. They're coming out. They just announced it. Um, And uh, it's called The State. And you can pre-order it. Um, and you have to go, I think it's called founders website. Um, and you go there and you can, um, order, pre-order the book. If you go to, it's called, uh, the founders.org website and, uh, just thinking about the state, Daryl Harrison and Virgil Walker, their first book that deals with, um, basically stuff they've shared online with us. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think it's coming at a good time because, uh, like I said, there's this new thing going on, and they addressed it with their podcast yesterday. If you've never listened to their Just Thinking podcast, I really want to encourage you to go there and listen because they attack things from a biblical standpoint. And one of these new trends that has popped up recently that they they addressed yesterday is um, this movement called the Leave Loud movement? Have you heard about it? Mm-mm. Yeah, it is. Uh, it, it is a movement where black evangelicals are encouraging other black evangelicals to leave any Bible study, church, or Christian group that they're a part of um, if it's predominantly white. I'm, I'm not kidding you. That's that's the name. It's called Leave Loudly. You can check into it, uh, and uh, they uh, they they talk about it in their podcast, their most recent one. And it it really is nothing more than critical theory being played out again and again, folks. Critical theory is a Marxist idea. Critical race theory. So I don't know if you listen to the news. Uh But if you listen to the news, and it doesn't matter which station you listen to, which brand you listen to, um, they use different terms now uh, than they have used in the past. Everybody used to want racial equality, but that's no longer the desire. Now it's racial equity, Mm. and that's a key understanding. That equity word is a critical theory word. Mm Mm-hmm. They're not looking for equality. They're looking for equity. And if you don't understand the difference between the two, then it's easy from you to be hoodwinked Mm -hmm. like some evangelical pastors are. Because, folks, in the Bible, we are not broken up into races. And there's one race. It's the human race. We are not divided by skin color. We are there's two categories of people in the Bible. There's believers and unbelievers. Right. There's sinners and there's saints. And uh I think that uh what is happening in our country and in the church 
is uh, terrible because it is really when you get evangelical pastors that are now um, basically apologizing not for something bad that has happened to somebody, but they're apologizing because they were born white. Mm. And that's just not right any more than it would be for somebody to apologize because they were born black or brown or yellow or red. I mean, and so this Leave Loud movement, again, is urging black evangelical Christians to exit white evangelical spaces on the basis that white evangelical Christians do not recognize or celebrate black evangelical Christians for who they are. And... You know, Daryl and Virgil on their last podcast deal with it. And uh, tomorrow, if you listen to Calvin Clark, Calvin will let you hear that there are issues, there are bad things and ugly things that happen to people that should not happen. Mm -hmm. That's called injustice. There's no such thing as social injustice. It's just injustice. Mm -hmm. And, And we should speak out against those things. If we don't, that is not a black-white issue. That is a sin issue for us for not speaking out. Right. And when he shared one of the things that happened, it really bothered me that anybody would be subject to what he had to go through simply because of his skin color. And it should bother us. But at the same time, if something happens to somebody because of a choice they make, not because of the color of their skin, we should not make that an issue of the color of their skin. Mm-hmm. And I think right now you can't even have legitimate discussions about consequences and responsibilities and those things because everything gets lumped into the critical theory, oppressor, oppressed narrative. And so I hope you'll tune in tomorrow. I know that was a long intro mm-hmm. for tomorrow, but Calvin Clark is a guy who's doesn't mince words. He's soft-spoken, but he doesn't mean he's he, and he's a brother who has experienced uh, things that uh, I haven't experienced. Um, I, I, I've never been arrested uh, for loitering right. uh, in a place that he shouldn't have been arrested for. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was arrested simply because of the color of his skin. Mm. And so those things happen and we need to care about those things. We need to address those issues. And so. Um, I just think right now in our country, uh, the critical theorists have hijacked a problem in our country of uh, injustice and made it a racial issue and used that as a Trojan horse for critical race theory or critical theory. And so now you've got churches that are compromising the gospel to talk about social constructs. Yeah. And, uh, you know, another thing they're doing is staying in the past and living in you know the way things were in the 50s and the 60s and not realizing that yeah there are still flaws but we are as a society or have been until recently been moving uh towards um putting that behind us and now they want to rehash it and like you say to use it for their own advantage you know who morgan freeman is right Mm -hmm. the actor yeah he said there's no systemic racism he goes i wouldn't be making the kind of money i'm making (laughs) living where i live if there was systemic racism he said that yeah and i don't think people quite understand what the word uh uh system what it means to be systemic racism what that means that the system is racist as a whole and um yeah i think people throw that term around rather loosely well yeah because there's problems within the system there's no question about that And those injustices need to be dealt with. But anyway, Calvin Clark tomorrow, 
Born Purdue player, frontline urban ministry director at Denton Bible Church. I hope you'll join us. And justthinking.me if you want to learn about Leave Loud and what's happening there and their new book called The State. All right. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. Look down from a broken sky Chased out by the city lights My world from a mile high Best seat in the house tonight Touchdown in the cold black top Hold on for the sudden stop Breathing the familiar shock of confusion and chaos That is Give Me Your Eyes by Brandon Heath. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us uh, in the first segment, we talked a little bit about who the guest will be tomorrow, um, talking a little bit about uh, the condition of, I guess you could say, race relations in the country and the church in order to set that up. Um, and, yeah, so that's something I think is important that we talk about still, even though, um, you know, it, it's baffling that uh, we can't get past this as a people, um, but it's something that in the popular culture is uh, continually brought up, and as we've seen uh, over the past few days, uh, doesn't seem like it's going to be going away anytime soon. Um, but we are also this week looking at Acts chapter four, verses thirty-two, um, and then getting into five uh, or through five, verse thirteen. Um, so that is what we're looking at today, and uh, finishing up this week uh, because today's Wednesday, and tomorrow I'm not on. Yeah, uh, well, tomorrow you're not on, but I think. Uh I think your dad knew her Friday, yeah. I believe. Yeah, he told me that. You didn't, but yeah, he told me. So I'm like, oh, we are sweet. Yeah. Yeah, so um, here's the thing. Now, again, this is a, um, you know, that I, I, I don't, well, I don't even know if I want to go down this road because <laughs> I want to get into the acts, and I don't know that we should get down this road, but... um. Uh, there, there are, there are bad things happening all over Mm -hmm. and we can't even have actual conversations about real issues that are happening because those issues get clouded by, uh, other issues, uh, i.e. the George Floyd, the rioting Mm -hmm. and, um, again, 
skin color should never be an issue for deciding any kind of legal charges or no charges. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, you watched the video. I watched the video. The police officer thought she grabbed her taser. They were There was a resistance to arrest. It was a tense moment. If, if, if you have ever been in a moment of struggle with somebody that you are trying to arrest, uh, if you've ever had one of those moments, if there's a struggle that breaks out, all of a sudden the world starts getting really murky about things that are happening. You don't know what you're grabbing. You don't know what's going on. You're in a survival mode. And again, this is not excusing what this police officer did. She, I mean, what she did was, um, uh, she, she made a mistake. She grabbed her gun thinking she was grabbing her taser in the moment. That's what she thought she did. Cause she said, tase, tase, tase. Mm-hmm. You couldn't have planned that. That right. was not a, that was not a pre-planned thing. Mm-hmm. You can, if you watch the video, which you did with me, we saw that, but she still, it no, you know, he lost his life and mm-hmm. it's awful that he lost his life cause he's an image bearer of God. But, um, they've now charged her with second degree manslaughter and I, I'm just my, you know, I, I don't believe she would have been charged uh, uh, 10 years ago with this. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe she would have been charged if uh, he was a different skin color. I don't believe that because he was resisting arrest. There was a scuffle that broke out. And it's clear from the video that she said she used the commands. And they even held a press conference that said, this is what you do when you're going to tase. Mm-hmm. So she never deviated from those things, and she fired a gun and shot him thinking that she was doing that. Now, should she be fired? Yes. Should there be a civil settlement? Yes. Mm-hmm. But should she be criminally charged because in the, of trying to perform her job, she made a mistake under duress? I, I don't know. I, I think... I think um, I just don't think that would have happened uh, years ago or with uh, other people. But because of the pressure in that particular area of the country right now with the media and and all over the country, really, I think that that they move to arrest um, to appease a crowd. And that's not the way you do law enforcement. We don't do law enforcement by mob rule, wherever it is. If we do, we're going to deteriorate into the old West. You watch. Mm -hmm. This is what's going to happen. Yeah, and you know, I think that situation, uh, there's a, a number of things to to highlight and bring out. And as you said, about 10 years ago, uh, there was a, about 10 years ago this time, something very similar happened, and it was caught on camera in uh, Oakland. Uh, they made a movie about it, and I don't believe that officer was arrested. Um, but, you know, there's, I guess you, you can say something about um, um, having that presence of mind of going into situations like that, and that the officer may be, um, wasn't mentally where she should have been um, to handle the situation like that. I think that's a fair criticism. And, um, you know, th- then there's also, uh, I, I guess, uh, you know, you could talk about uh, the issue of women in dangerous situations like that. Um, I think there are women who are more than capable of handling that, but there are a number who maybe aren't. And, I mean, that's maybe not fair to her to bring that up, but that is something that goes through your mind. Uh, when something like that happens, um, but he it was a felony warrant, correct? 
Yes. Uh, well, yeah, he and it was described as an accidental discharge because she meant to fire the taser. That's mm-hmm. what they did. She'd been with the department for 25 years. Oh, wow. And she said, I'll tase you. I'll tase you. Taser, 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 which is what they say to let the other officers know. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, uh, she fired one shot, realized that she had fired yep. the gun and, um, she um, said an expletive that we can't say and says uh, it was obvious him. that yeah. it was she made an accident yep. and uh, he died of gunshot wound to the chest. And um, but but he, he was armed robbery and, and strangulation, right? Like he had choked a lady. Well, that was what the warrant I yeah. think was for. And that's a felony, right? Yes. So it, it was a felony warrant that he was. Um, uh, and I don't, you know, I I could not make out from the video how it looked like he was in cuffs and then not in cuffs. And, and I don't know what was going on. I with don't that. think they had him in cuffs yet. And you, the officer who's going to cuff him, he says, don't tense up. Oh, um, that's what it was. You know what I mean? So he knew that he was, a, you know, the, at, they say, you know, at the moment where you put the cuffs on, if someone's going to fight and they haven't already, that's when they're going to do it. And so um, he did. And, um, you know, there, there are protocols for a, a felony takedown. Right. And so I don't know what happened as far as before that. Um, well, uh, see, well, see, here's what's happened. So you have the, um, city manager fired because the city manager called for due process. Yeah. That's a constitutional right. right. Then the police officer uh, resigned, which is understandable mm-hmm. over something like that. The um, police chief, the police chief resigned and it's just you know again there's so much pressure right now on police officers Mm -hmm. uh that i don't know why anybody would pursue that field right now especially up there in that area um you know and they don't feel police officers do not feel like anyone yeah has their back Back, yeah Um, and you know there was a time in in the community where you know the community didn't have the, the law enforcement's back, but as we've degraded as a social, you know, our, our social bonds have fallen apart, you know, that the police community has felt that, I think, more strongly than others. And there's so many people who don't realize what it takes to do that job and mm-hmm. the realities of it. And I think that's where you get people who um, uh, want to play armchair quarterback or uh, – yeah, that's that's the right term. Yeah, they they want to our Monday morning quarterback it. And well, it's, like it's yeah, it's and and you know I I've shared this on here before um, that when you have the luxury of looking at all the information mm-hmm. from the comfort of your home or the comfort of not being under the duress, it's very easy to cast stones at people. Again, not saying it's not tragic, not saying it, it's it's not a bad thing what happened. I'm just saying that. Uh, it does not appear from the video they released by the police department when they had the press conference that um, it was an intentional shoot of a, a firearm. It yeah. seemed as if she made a mistake. Yeah. And, um, and, and, it's, and it's, I think it's valid, too, to look at that and say, okay, you know, if you're in that field, okay, there were some mistakes made. How could this have been avoided? How could you do things better in the future and stuff like that? But then to um, – you know, and then there should be consequence for what happens. But, you know, from looking at how everything has played out, it, it appears more like it's something to appease the mob rather than, 
you know, due process playing out. Exactly. And as believers, and one of the things we do is we, when we talk about these issues, as believers, we are not governed by mob rule. Mm-hmm. We are governed by the principles of Scripture. And so uh, we should weep for the death of Dante. We should weep over the, the, the basically the loss to that family. We should weep over what anguish this police officer may be feeling because she, it, she didn't want to kill the guy. Yeah. And she, they, they she, had to barricade her house with concrete blocks because of, you know, the, the riots and stuff, um, just to keep her safe. So on top of the anguish of, I can't believe I did that. Um, now you have, you know, you got to worry about your safety as well. Yeah. I was reminded, do you remember the story of the, the police officer in Dallas that shot that guy who was a worship leader and she thought she, he was in her apartment, but she was in his apartment. Mm -hmm. And there was a moment in the trial where his brother came up and basically gave her a hug. said, can I give her a hug? And the judge allowed it. And he spoke words of forgiveness Mm -hmm. to her instead of, uh, they didn't have to barricade her home. They didn't have to go do those things. And I just think as believers, Man, we we need to be peacemakers. Mm-hmm. We need to be people who are speaking the truth of God in love to people, not stirring the pot. And uh, just going back, one quick comment on this "leave loudly" moment is to to make assumptions generally about every person in a particular skin color group is bad mm-hmm. as as it being for one other group it doesn't matter which group it is to say that people don't care when it's, you haven't even talked to people you don't know those people that's a big sweeping generalization that i think is not good for the church yeah and i i dare say it's racist to to do so um you know ethnically prejudiced yeah, for sure yeah for sure All right, uh, we are up against the news break. We will be back with more after the news. We'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, A Store and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking, and a special thanks to our sponsor, Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at doug at swatradio.com. That's doug, D-O-U-G, at swatradio.com. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more after the news. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles If you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies If you're trying to feel the same old holes inside There's a better life There's a better life If you got pain He's a pain Welcome back to SWAT Radio. That is Chainbreaker by Zach Williams. Uh, if you are just joining us, we are in Acts this week. We are looking at uh, chapter 4, verse 32, and we are going through chapter 5, verse 13. We are finishing up uh, yesterday and Monday. We uh, covered the first section, the first part, the first half of the text, and today we're going to finish up with uh, the latter part. Yeah, we're going to be working down... Um 
through verse 13, right? Is that where we are? Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't remember. I was like, I had, a, I had one of those moments where I was, I'm thinking we were one place, but we were another. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we covered unity and we started talking about Ananias and Sapphira as mm-hmm. a contrast to Barnabas yesterday. So if you're just tuning into SWAT radio, SWAT stands for spiritual warriors advancing truth. Every week we have Bible studies uh, in five different locations here in Jacksonville. And we're working through the letter of Acts. The Acts letter is a letter that was written from Luke, who is a doctor, to a guy named Thef- uh, Theophilus. And um, Theophilus actually means friend of God. And he was writing to encourage him, first with the gospel of Luke, that was his first letter to him, about the ministry of Jesus, the Holy Spirit working through Jesus, and the message Jesus brought, what happened to him. It was an eyewitness account of Jesus' life. Acts is Luke's account of the followers of Jesus continuing the ministry that Jesus did not complete. People think, well, Jesus completed the ministry on earth when he died on the cross. No, he completed the finished work of atonement. But what he didn't finish was the work of drawing all people that are his to himself. That work goes on till the time of the Gentiles is fulfilled. And he returns. And so uh, we've been covering Acts 1, 2, 3, and just looking at the apostles. They're preaching Jesus of Nazareth is the Messiah, the one you crucified. He tells uh, Peter and John tell the religious leaders. Uh, we saw the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in chapter 2, and uh, 3,000 people come to Christ, and and the church, it goes from 120 to 3,000. Then um, the apostles are arrested. They're told to stop doing that. Don't preach in this guy's name anymore. Don't preach about Jesus. And what do they do? They're let out. They go do it again. And on the way to go do it again, they heal a guy who's been lame for 40 years. And they do what Jesus did. And at that moment, they're arrested again because after they preach after that miracle, 5,000 men trust Christ. So now you've got somewhere between eight and 20,000 people who are meeting in the temple area, the religious leaders are distraught because the very one they said was blasphemous that they should kill, uh, these men are saying that's the Messiah, the, the promised Messiah. And so we looked at the last part of chapter 4 uh, on Monday and part of Tuesday where God calls his church to be a church of unity. And we saw how all these new believers, never trained in stewardship, never trained in you know how a church should function, just started caring for one another and loving one another and growing in the word. And um, then we saw yesterday we were introduced to Ananias and Sapphira. And Ananias and Sapphira are a contrast to a guy named Barnabas. His real name was Joseph. Barnabas was his nickname, means son of comfort. And an interesting thing happened uh, at the temple when all these people did not want to go back to their home country. They were in Jerusalem for a feast. They had come now into the church. They had become to make up the church because they are the church. And they didn't have jobs. They didn't have food. They didn't have, uh, you know, a place to stay. And so all these believers started selling their properties and laying it at the apostles' feet. That was the terminology used. And we see Barnabas do that, and Luke introduces us to Barnabas. 
because he's going to play a prominent role later as a missionary uh, sent out from the church along with uh, along with Paul. And so now in Acts 5, the beginning part, it's really the story of God dealing with sin in the church, sin in the camp. What do you do when there's corporate sin in the camp? Well, God makes a statement about his desire for purity, and uh, he calls us not only to be a church of unity but of purity. And so, um, Taylor, why don't you read 5, 1 through 13, and we'll come back and just unpack this a little bit. But a man named Ananias with his wife Sapphira sold a piece of property, and with his wife knowledge, wife's knowledge, he kept back for himself some of the proceeds and brought only a part of it and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back for yourself part of the proceeds of the land? While it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not at your disposal? Why is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to man, but to God. When Ananias heard these words, he fell down and breathed his last. And great fear came upon all who heard of it. The young men rose and wrapped him up and carried him out and buried him. After an interval of about three hours, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter said to her, Tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, Yes, for so much. But Peter said to her, How is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. Immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. While the young men came in, when the young men came in, they found her dead, and they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. And great fear came upon the whole church and upon all who heard of these things. Now many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostles, and they were all together in Solomon's portico. None of the rest dared join them, but the people held them in high esteem. Yeah, they didn't join them because they were afraid, right? And, you know, uh, several people, when you're reading about this um, comment about Luke as a historian, because for Luke to put this episode in his letter, he's not trying to just make the church look all rosy and everything's great. This is the birth of the church, right? Mm-hmm. And and so he's showing the inner life of this first century church this was a spirit-filled community. Ananias and Sapphira were believers. And again, you can't be possessed as a believer, but you can be demonically influenced as a believer. And so um, also several commentators talked about how this story is very similar to what happened to Achan. Mm-hmm. And Achan in the book of Joshua, after the wall came down of Jericho, and the children of Israel went in and took the land, Achan stole things that weren't his. And in both narratives, back in Joshua and this one, an act of deceit actually interrupts what God's trying to accomplish. And the enemy, Satan, is actually trying to attack from within, almost like a mole, even though they weren't unbelievers. Mm-hmm. He's trying to attack. He says, okay, persecution's going to make them more bold. I'm going to come from within. And what God does is he deals with the sin. It says with his wife's knowledge. Husbands, if you're listening out there, uh, me included, I have a hard time with this. I don't know if you do, Taylor. But when our wives point out things to us, do you have a hard time hearing it? Mm -hmm. 
I don't think I do, but yeah. <laughs> we never think yeah. we do, right? It's hard. If we're really honest, as men, we struggle because we don't want to be wrong, right? I mean, none yeah. of us want to be wrong. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to be told they're wrong. We 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 want to be right. And so if they're pointing out something to us, um, then we should appreciate it. And I know I'm guilty of not doing that all the time. And Sapphira did not point out what he was doing was wrong. That's part of the problem. Yeah. She had been swept in to this. And it says with his wife's knowledge, he kept back. And the word there for kept back is a word that can mean steal, almost like Aiken stole. Mm. And so, um, and, and so don't miss what, um, Luke wrote in verse three. He said, why has Satan filled your heart? We, we got to recognize where this comes from. You know, we can demonize Ananias. We can demonize Sapphira. And I'm not saying they're free from responsibility, but who's the author of it all? It's Satan because he wants to hurt the church. He wants to hurt Christ. And we get sucked into things that we shouldn't, but it comes from our heart, our greedy heart, our heart that that still struggles in this flesh. Like Paul says in Romans 7, the things I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, I do. Um Because in this life we have here, even if you are a spirit-filled believer, uh, you have to be constantly filled with the spirit. You have access to the spirit all the time. But we think of being spirit-filled as just having this nice emotional high about Jesus. That's not what it means. Being spirit-filled means yielded to his word. That means controlled by his spirit. And so they they lied to the Holy Spirit. And what their greatest sin was is it wasn't lying. It wasn't keeping the money back. Peter said, listen, you could have not sold the land. It wasn't for selling. He says, you, didn't, you could have kept back whatever you wanted. What they lied about was they presented uh, a deceptive uh, picture of mm-hmm. their spiritual condition. That's hypocrisy. Jesus had strong words for that in Matthew 23. Over in Job 13, 16, it says the godless in the ESV, but in the King James, it says the hypocrite shall not come before him. Mm. In Job 25, it says the joy of the godless in the ESV, the joy of the hypocrite in the NAS and the King James lasts just for a moment. So the translators look at hypocrite and godless as the same thing. And so, remember, their sin was that their motive was not to help the poor, but to boost their ego. They sought the glory of man over the glory of God. And so there really is no secret sin with God ever. He sees everything we do. And if you really think you can fool God, uh, you probably need to wake up because you're not going to fool God. He sees everything. Hypocrisy dilutes the church's power it disrupts the church's unity and it destroys the church's testimony. And when we come back, I want to kind of unpack that a little bit uh, more. Okay. All right. We will be back with more after the break. We'd like to give a shout out to our listeners listening in Virginia at the lighthouse, as well as in Meridian, Mississippi, listening on WMER and all of you who listen online, wherever you listen in the country or around the world. We'd also like to give a shout out to all of those who listen here locally, 91.7 in Jacksonville, 91.9 in St. Augustine, and 91.3 in Folkestone, Georgia. 
You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more after the break. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. David Crowder, welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us this week, we are looking at Acts. Um, we are starting. We started in chapter four, verse thirty-two, and we are going through chapter five, verse uh, thirteen. Today, we are focusing particularly on five one through five uh, thirteen. If you have any questions about what we've gone over so far, if you, or if you would like to join the discussion, please call us at one eight four four seven 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 nine two eight. That's one eight four four triple seven SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. Hey, uh, I wanted to let all our listeners know in Meridian, Mississippi, I will be at Highland Baptist Church on Sunday morning. Uh, and then I will be there also Sunday night. I will be speaking at, I think it's their first man church, which is kind mm-hmm. of a men's thing there in that city. So Sunday night, April 18th at 7 p.m. at Highland Baptist Church, and then Sunday morning I will be speaking during the main worship service. And Highland Baptist Church is located at 3427th Street in Meridian, Mississippi. And for more information, you can call 601-482-0191, And um, I'm excited they've invited me to come back and share. Uh, both Sunday morning and Sunday night. Yeah. And cool. so, yeah, so uh, I look forward to uh, seeing anybody from Meridian there. If you listen to SWAT radio, just uh, show up and tell them you listen. Uh, uh, if you're a man. <laughs> All right. And so, uh, Hey, um, I, you know, I know that we only have uh, a few minutes left in the program today. I, I just wanted to circle back around to this idea of hypocrisy and uh, Ananias and Sapphira were not killed because they held back money from God. Right. They were not killed because they lied. They were, you know, God 
dealt with them because they had a superficial commitment versus a spiritual surrender. They, they tried to present, uh, they were trying to present themselves as more spiritual than they were. Now, we all act hypocritically today. God hates it. And he, he dealt swiftly there to make a point, just like he did with Achan. You know, mm-hmm. he killed Achan's whole family. Every animal he owned, it was all destroyed. That's how much God wanted to make a point. You don't go into the promised land after the first victory and, and disobey me. Yeah. And right after Pentecost here, he and the Holy Spirit comes and they have this great outpouring of God's Spirit. Um, you know, God makes a point. And so what do we do today? I mean, aren't you glad God doesn't wipe us out today <laughs> if we're hypocrites or if we act hypocritically? Um, uh, you know, what we do today is because God wants his church to be a church of purity. We saw that a church of unity, a church of purity. And you may not be in a position to influence your church as a leader, but you can influence your family. You can influence yourself. And purity is critical to the testimony of the church. The Apostle Paul, when he wrote the, the letter to the Corinthians, he was dealing with some very, very sick, perverted sins. The people in Corinth were as bad, if not worse, than what our culture is sexually, with their sexual immorality. And Paul had heard about it. Now, keep in mind, he's writing to believers. And over in chapter 12, he, he says, listen, um, I, I'm, I'm coming to see you guys. And what he says is, if you've been doing these things I've been listening to or people have been telling me you're doing, um, then he says in chapter 13, this will be the third time I come to you and every charge must be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. Mm. Do you know that's why Jesus sent his disciples out two by two? Mm. Two witnesses. Yeah. Two witnesses. And so... He says, I warned those who sinned before and all the others, and I warned them now while absent, as I did when present, that if I come again, I will not spare them. Hmm. I mean, he's saying this is serious. You can't keep calling yourself a believer living like an unbeliever. It, it, the church has to deal with it. And so Paul, what he's talking about is coming with witnesses and, and executing discipline the way a church should, the way Jesus ordained in Matthew, over in Matthew, I mean, uh, chapter 18, 15 through 20, where uh, he says, first go to this person Mm one-on-one. Then you take a brother and go to this person. Then you tell it to the church. And then if he still doesn't repent, then you put him out of the church fellowship. he, he, He doesn't lose his salvation. Maybe he never had it. But the purpose of putting him out of the fellowship is so he feels the pain of aloneness, of being outside the fellowship of the body of Christ that operates with the principles and the values of Christ. And so the first church I ever really witnessed doing that was Christian Family Chapel here in Jacksonville. Mm. When we went to that church, uh, they did it and... I was like, I've never seen a church do that before. That's kind of wild. And then I found out it was biblical. Mm. I mean, Mm. it's right out of the Bible. And I'm like, why do churches not do that more? 
and it's because it's very uncomfortable and people don't um, think that it's, you know, they think it's judgmental, but it's actually a very loving thing to do because at the is it more loving for God to take Ananias and Sapphira off the face of the earth if they're going to live a rebellious pattern of life or to let them stay and try to and, and deal with the miserable state that they're in? Because when you're God's child and you make bad choices that go against his will, do you ever feel good about that? Mm-mm. I don't. And if you're going to keep doing that, why would he leave you here? Yeah. He, he won't. And that's why it talks about in Corinthians, people uh, ate the Lord's Supper unworthily and right. they died. And it talks about in First John, you can sin unto death. Um, so Paul is really serious about this. And in Second um, Corinthians 13, 5, he says, you need to examine yourself to see if you're in the faith. Well, wait a minute, Paul. Aren't you being judgmental there? Hmm. He says, or test yourselves, or do you not realize this about yourselves, that Jesus is in you unless you fail to meet the test? I mean, so it's important for the testimony of the church and the people in the church that our church be a church of purity, not perfection, but a calling to purity. And Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 11, I'm afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. I mean, you got to remember, verse 13, you read it, Taylor, said none of the rest dared join them. Why? Because non-believers, people who have not repented, who are not seeking Jesus Christ, because nobody seeks him on their own, people who are non-believers should not feel comfortable if they care more about the world and their sin than Jesus when they are around people that care more about Jesus than the world. But what we've done is we've created a gathering where we try to woo unbelievers and make them feel comfortable right. <laughs> in the gathering of believers. Yeah. So we rock it up. We we make it more like a concert because that's not threatening. We, we turn the lights into really – we figure if we just get the right as- atmosphere, then, then that will really make them really think about these things yeah. instead of just faithfully preaching the word of God. And it's a little ironic that, um, you know, if someone's coming to church, a lot of times, you know, it's because what's in the world is not satisfying to them. And then that the church wants to look more like the world, you know, people who come and stay potentially, oh, you know, what? I like the music. I like how it makes me feel rather than um, having a real heart change. And I I was reading a book uh, today talking about um, how sexual, uh, immoral, the pagan uh, generation was at the time that the church came along and how the church is. Um, views on sexuality and what how it reoriented it to biblically how we're supposed to be how God created it was actually a freeing thing for uh, unbelievers who were coming in and learning about it and I think a lot of time you know just to apply that to how we do church uh, if we do it just like the world does I mean there's no difference but if we can show uh, a different type of community I think that can be there can be freedom in that and that can be attractive to people you know yeah, I I think when you when you 
look at what happened with Ananias and Sapphira and you think about trying to get these people in the world, you, you got to go back to John three nineteen, and the lights come into the world. People love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. Um, if, if, if we are trying to make unbelievers feel comfortable in our gathering as believers, we are probably diluting what we should be doing. Yeah. And you don't see that here in this culture mm-hmm. that started in the U S back in the fifties and sixties. Think Char- uh, Shuler, Robert Shuler was one of the first ones to do it. Then Bill Hybels, Bill Hybels, by the way, repented of that. And so we've made our gathering time on Sunday more about the unbeliever than the church because yeah. the church is not unbelievers coming to hear the gospel. The church is the believers coming together. Uh, so anyway, um, you yeah, know, I think it's important to note that, you know, in Acts, uh, Peter was pretty blunt. And, you know, one of the most famous uh, sermons in American history is sinners in the hand of an angry God. So it, it the gospel is going to do uh, its work, and we don't have to try to soften the blow, I don't think. So, yeah. anyway, yeah, I, I know we're up against the break, yeah, or well, the end of the day. The, the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, Calvin Clark, former football player at Purdue, the director of Frontline Ministries, Denton Bible Church, will be my guest tomorrow, talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly of our culture right now yeah so make sure you tune in for that and tune in on friday when me and my dad anthony johnson will be on and uh, another football player yeah we'll have something uh, for you guys then as well um so that is all the time we have for today you've been listening to swat radio if you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs please visit us at www.swatradio.com that's www.swatradio.com or you can listen to our podcast by searching swat radio You can also download our SWAT app in the App Store, and you can join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT radio. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you have a great day. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT Radio is strengthening 